Ladies and gentlemen, my guest at this time is the creator of GSW Global Syndicate Wrestling, Brandon. Brandon, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you for having me on the show. No, thank you, dude. This is cool. You know, it's always great to have more wrestling in the world. I mean, people be like, oh, it's too much. But, you know, uh, a lot of indie like promotions, they don't get a lot of credit. And especially you're you're starting up a brand new one. Your first shows in February where we're going to talk about that. But I guess just where I want to start at is where did where'd you get the idea and the name for GSW? Well, originally we were thinking about uh, what name would be catchy kind of with the mission that we want to do. And for us, we really wanted to take a global approach. For me as a wrestling fan, ever since I was 12 years old, I was huge into the Japanese style of Pure Reisu. Uh I love Lucha Libre. I love the American style. And we wanted to kind of come about and create a company that allows us to showcase multiple different styles and really has a, a worldwide approach. Um, you know, Giant Baba is a huge influence to what the style of wrestling I like, the King's Road, Four Pillars of Heaven, stuff like that. Um, so for me, that was my inspiration to wrestling. So we definitely wanted global. Uh, we were originally thinking like global wrestling syndicate. And then uh, I do film production for uh, for a living. And one of the people that I film for is a huge wrestling fan. And they're like, no, dude, GWS is not chantable. No, you need GS Dub. GS Dub. I'm like, so global syndicate wrestling. Okay, yeah, that's the name. There we go. Absolutely, man. I mean, like, even just coming up with the name of this podcast, like it, it was going to be something completely stupid. I'm a Sean Mark, right? Yeah. I'm a, so it was going to be like sweet pod kick music. I'm like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> and then by the grace of God, bullet cast pops in the head, you know, so yeah. you, you need something that's catchy that people can easily identify with. You know, people see a bullet club shirt, they automatically think my pod if they know it's so I'm like, OK, cool. We're in the right direction. That's the way to do it. And we're going to be best friends because Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. So <laughs> we're in. Hey, there we go. There we go. That's a question at the end, but I'm, I'm going to ask it again anyway. So the people know. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, I was, I was going to talk about the, the different kind of styles. So you said like Japanese and Lucha Libre. So are we going to get like Juventud versus, I don't know, like psychosis in a match. And then the next thing you know, we're going to get a big hoss fight like Vader and Stan Hansen and then maybe some giant Baba action. Something to that effect. I mean, and this is a debut announcement. We haven't even posted it on social media yet. I thought it would be cool being on a podcast. We drop something that nobody's known about. Uh, our third match that we're announcing is triple threat. It is Ricky Reyes versus Gio Galvano versus Smiley. So we have a luchador in the match. We've got old school sort of traditional wrestling out of Gio. And then Ricky Reyes, who's an all rounder, just excellent wrestler, has a huge body of work behind him. So that's kind of like, I don't know if you remember impact when they did the Daniels, Joe and AJ Styles match. This is like our version of that coming out the gate. Uh, dude, I was just watching that the other day. Oh, yeah. It still holds up. Oh, without a doubt. It's so good. It's so good. The best match in the company's history, hands down. But, dude, yeah. that's that's awesome. So, I mean, what what made you decide to become a, a promoter in wrestling? I mean, I know people try their shot at, like, oh, man, I could book an amateur MMA fight. People try that. People try, like, underground boxing or, like, underground fighting in the backyard, what Kimbo Slice was doing back in the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, what made you want to try your hand at wrestling? 
I mean, my whole life I've had two dreams. I wanted to be a filmmaker and I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Uh, when I was younger, before I got into film, I trained ever since I was 14. I was in the ring. I was learning how to take bumps. I had a bad injury, completely destroyed my shoulder when I was 17. And I took a chill pill off of that and I pursued filmmaking. And uh, thankfully, the film production's been really good to me. And it's gotten me to a point where I feel like I can start pursuing other things. So I, a buddy of mine who I used to wrestle with 10 years ago, who I've known since we were kids, He's always wanted to do a Fed and we just, you know, we had a drunk conversation at the end of a, <laughs> at the end of my buddy's comedy show at a bar. And we're like, you know, we should just start a wrestling company. We're like, you know what? Go ahead. Let's do it all in. Yeah. We'll just try it and we'll see what happens. But the most important thing to us is we have to do it. We want to do right to wrestling and we want to do right to the workers. And that to me is the most important thing. Uh, and that's like our mission statement. And that's something that we really want to take pride in. Absolutely, man, because, I mean, you hear these horror stories about, like, promotions starting up and then, you know, a promoter doesn't pay them right. I don't get that vibe from you, and I like that. I, I like that. You know, always got always to take care of the boys and the girls, 100%, man. So, I mean, growing up, I mean, obviously, you know, Vince McMahon, he's the number one promoter, like, not just in wrestling, but in – in in entertainment oh, yeah. and sports in general but who were mm -hmm. some who were some other guys you looked up to was it like a uh, I don't know, like a like a Vern Gagne or a, a, a Dana White you know guys, um, guys like that definitely I liked Vern I like uh, obviously Baba was my probably my favorite of all time um, I love New Japan's booking now post Anoki I think they've been doing an excellent job. I was at the Tokyo Dome earlier this year before the pandemic happened, seeing uh, Wrestle Kingdom live. It was an amazing experience. I love the product that they're putting out. Um, who else? Um, I mean, yeah, I can't think. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else, but definitely those would be my biggest influences without a doubt. Okay, okay, okay. You're not gonna go the you're not gonna go the, the TNA route, the Jeff Jarrett, you're not gonna book yourself to win the title six times. No, no. <laughs> I, I am definitely open to taking a few bumps and maybe I'll work like a low card match if uh, if something if it seems like it should happen, but I would never book myself in the main event. That would never happen. Hey, there you go, man. There you go. I love it. I love it. I love to hear it. Lo love to hear it. So I mean you're starting a promotion like in you know, a very questionable time in the world, you know, how long has this been in the works? Well, uh, before it became materialized, like when I first graduated high school, I wanted to start a federation and I reached out to, this is 2012. I reached out to, uh, at the time I saw, uh, what was his name? Gargano. I saw Gargano, uh, in lower card matches on Dragon Gate USA, I saw him at Involve, uh, Evolve and stuff like that. And I was like, this guy's definitely got a future in wrestling. And one of my favorites at the time uh, was Quackenbush before all the, you know, started, things started coming out with him. And that was originally like, oh, if I start a Fed, that's my main event. One of the best technical workers at the time versus up and coming kid. And then you know, I didn't have the money at the time to do it. So that got shelved. And then last year we started toying around with the idea pandemic hit. We're like, all right, it's only supposed to last two weeks or a month or whatever. So let's, let's wait, wait it out, see what happens. And then it gets longer and longer. And then we started talking about it and we're like, you know what, if we could start it now and the craziest time during the middle of a global pandemic and we could survive, then we could survive anything. So actually now I'm proud to say that we're going to start in the midst of all this. 
Awesome, man. So, I mean, what kind of what kind of precautions are going to be taken? You know, I, obviously temperature checks, but like, mm -hmm. I, I guess like the venue that you're going to run, like, how is it going to be laid out for fans and social distancing and all that? Sure. So the way that we're doing it, of course, for wrestlers, we're encouraging that they have the most recent COVID-19 test that they could possibly get. Um, we are doing the temperature checks at the door. We have currently uh, in our state, New Jersey, we have a 25% limit on indoor capacity. So the seats will be spaced out. It's a maximum of 150 people or whatever's lower. Our venue at 25% can hold 125 people. So that's the most that we could have in person, but they're starting to limit restrictions even more now. So we're not banking on being able to have an audience. We are also thinking most likely we may just be running live stream, which is totally fine with us if we do have to go that route. Um, but we are, we have sanitizing stations everywhere that are planned out. All the chairs are going to be social distance, six feet apart, unless it's your group that you're coming with. Uh, so we are taking any possible you know safety precaution that we can for film sets i'm certified in covid19 as a compliance officer so we're making sure that whatever the restrictions are we will be following 100 percent. but we are we're really planning that the live stream is going to be our focus because the in-person may not happen for for us depending on where we're at absolutely man because i mean we, we saw with uh gcw the collective you know there was a major uh COVID outbreak there. I mean, but yeah, a, a lot of it was, you know, they had like 50 guys in the ring for a battle Royal, which oh, wow. I, I don't know why you would, I don't know why you would do that. But I mean, yeah. if, you, if you saw that show, you know, they were in a, a pretty big uh, venue and the, people were spaced out. So, I mean, it, it, it can happen or what we've seen with right. warrior, warrior wrestling and like football fields and yeah. stuff like that. Or you, you can even do the drive-in thing, bro. You know, like there, yeah. there, there are options to, to make this work because, I mean, the world needs wrestling. It's such an escape from reality. I think that's why we all watch and still love it to this right. day as adults, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear about the precautions that everybody's going to be taking and, and whatnot. So let's talk about the first show that's coming up sure. February 20th, 2021, GSW mm -hmm. Inception. So, yeah. I mean, you, you have Alexander Hammerstone. He's the uh, current MLW open weight champion he's also the current uh west coast pro champion that's indie fed out here you're yes. gonna have diana perrazzo she's a current knockouts champion for impact mm -hmm. shawl guerrero i mean she's a part of a wrestling dynasty man those are some yeah. big names right yeah. off the bat yeah we wanted to pull no punches when it came to talent uh our main event i mean we have two-time triple crown champion joe Doering against hammerstone for our heavyweight championship that i mean that's just going to be a classic there's when i was when i was able to book those two i was like this is a dream match and to me as a fan of wrestling there's matches that i want to see that i'm interested about that i'm excited to watch and i think if i have that excitement and everybody who's helping me behind the scenes has that same excitement then the audience around the world when they see the match is going to be just as excited having perrazzo and guerrero for us a lot of things that we've seen in the world we really want to showcase the best women's wrestling that we can you know given not having access to like wwe contracted wrestlers or aew wrestlers or something but we just want to do right by wrestling we want to showcase you know the absolute best talent that we can find and that we have access to and just put on the craziest show that we can absolutely man so you said hammerstone and uh what was the other guy's name joe doering joe doering so they're they're wrestling for your heavyweight title 
Yes. That's the inaugural title match. Could we see possibly our other titles in the works, like a woman's title, tag titles, Mm -hmm. mid-card? We are hoping by, you know, we have four shows booked for the first year that we're planning on doing. We're trying to, we're going through like a, it's our first year. We don't want to overwhelm ourselves and go completely out of budget. Uh, We're comfortable doing four shows and we're taking like a more exclusive approach. We're trying to give the absolute best that we can in four shows, as opposed to putting on smaller shows once a month in the beginning and seeing how it goes. Uh, And we're hoping by the end of the year to have a full roster of championships from women's to mid card to tag titles, as well as the world championship. Absolutely, man. So four, four shows, kind of like a AEW quarterly pay-per-view approach like Mm -hmm. that. So first shows in February, I'd say the next one is like late April type. Uh, We're looking early early May. Yep. May 22nd, then August 21st and November 20th. Okay. That's, that's a nice space out. You know, you, have success with the first show and then you build up the next card, make people anticipate and want more. I like that. Yep. I like I like that 100%, man. I think more promotions should do that. I mean, the, the more the more successful ones, they run like once a month or once every yep. other month. So I I mean, I can see you guys doing that in the future once you build up a lot of credibility and and a name for yourselves. But uh I mean, without like giving too much away, are are mm-hmm. there like any like really big names coming coming to this Inception show? To the Inception show, I mean, uh, our main eventers uh, would be the Hammerstone Doering. We have Perazzo and Guerra- uh, Guerrero, and then Ricky Reyes. We are working to get a couple more that are on similar scale to them. They're not under contract yet, so I don't want to say any names because it's still in a stage where it could fall through. We'd go somebody else. You never know. So those are the ones that I could say definitely are going to be at the show. We're super excited about it, and we have a few more that all things going as they should, we should have a few more stellar names on the show. Absolutely, man. I love it. I love to hear it. So, I mean, you know, I'm just a fan, but I, I've always wanted to learn like logistics of the business. Like mm-hmm. how, how hard was it to find a building that would, you know, run wrestling in the pandemic era? Right. Uh, in New Jersey, it's somewhat difficult. You know, we're right outside of the, the U.S. epicenter of New York. I do a lot of work in New York. Um, it was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. The facility that we're renting is actually a wrestling school slash venue that they have uh, shows at as well. And during the pandemic, they've been renting out specifically for empty arena shows. So it actually worked out really well for us because we're, like I said, we're really gearing towards the live stream aspect of it. So for us, it's a venue that primarily does empty arena. It's not like a 1,000 or 2,000 seat venue, which we looked into. That was a little too scary to pay a price for a 2,000 seat venue and not be able to sell a single ticket, God forbid. So for us, it was this venue normally holds three or 400 people, but because of the pandemic, it looks like it's going to be about 100, 125. So for us, it makes more sense to go with that smaller venue that's used for empty arenas. And that'll be the one that we use primarily for live streaming. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, live streaming, I just subscribed to your YouTube channel before we even oh, started sweet. recording here. Yeah. Thank I, you. The first video you got Shawl hyping up the, hyping up the match with Deanna. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was super cool. So I guess you guys are going to go live on your YouTube channel. Uh, no, we're going to be live on Fight TV. It's supposed okay. to, they don't let you go live on there until I think 60 days before the event, but we already have the agreement signed and everything. So come 
late December, I'm guessing, will be live on Fight TV for people to start purchasing the pay-per-view in advance. Awesome, man. Uh, I mean, speaking of streaming, could we see you guys on IWTV in the, in, in the future? Uh, actually, no. Oh. We are working on our own app. So I have a lot of connections in the film industry, of course. Um, so we're working on international distribution as well as our own app for the United States. Uh, the, but I think it should be accessible on any app or Android store. So we will have a streaming service on our website and it will also be accessible on iPhone and Android. And that should be coming sometime in the first quarter of next year, presumably. We're almost done with the web app and then they're going into the phone and the and we'll both phone apps. We won't have it, sadly, on television, but we're working on uh, a Roku channel instead. Wow. wow. I mean, a, a lot of like these indie promotions have been in the game for like 10, 15, 20 years. They, they're not even thinking that far ahead. I mean, not that I've heard of. So that's that's very impressive, man. Thank you. I'm, 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 I'm down for it. Let me know when that's out so I can, so I can download that 100%. Yeah, of course. We're actually, we're trying, and it hasn't happened yet, but we are trying to reach out to a lot of indie feds that are not able to get on IWTV. So that way we could also offer a platform for other independent wrestling companies or ones from other countries, so on and so forth, uh, where they can have a home outside of, you know, IWTV or any of the other options that are out there. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, you said you and your buddy started this. How many other people are behind the scenes helping you guys? So I am co-founder. Uh, there's one other co-founder who, you know, he wants to stay behind the scenes, so I won't mention names. And then we have one other friend uh, who's I've known for God knows how long back when we used to be on like wrestlingforum.com doing like the insulting each other matches back and forth and doing the fantasy bookings and stuff. Um, and he's helping out with storylines, uh, booking talent, stuff like that. He's down in Florida somewhere and he knows a bunch of people. So he's been helping us find some of the names that we got on the show. So really right now it's just a team of three. Of course, when we have our show, we're going to have a much bigger team because we're doing a, you know, four camera live stream, like, you know, pretty big production, hopefully. Absolutely, man. I assume you guys are going to get to the building like a couple of days before, test out all the equipment, sound, oh, yeah. audio, all that, make sure nothing, nothing goes wrong, you know? Yep. But it, it's wrestling, you know, and, and anything can happen. That's, Un yeah. <laughs> unfor unfortunately, you know, but I mean, it sounds like you guys have good heads on your shoulders. You're, you're determined. You're ready to do this. So, I mean, global syndicate wrestling. So, I mean, is this going to be a touring brand? Right now, uh, until the pandemic lets up, no. Uh, we're staying specifically in New Jersey, more likely than not, depending on where we're at with the pandemic, we'll probably be at the same location for the first year. I'm guessing, you know, anything could happen as time goes on. Um, but we are guaranteed that location if we want it on our four shows. We do want to branch out to other locations in New Jersey when we're allowed bigger crowds. We also are looking into doing shows in the Chicago area. I know there's a huge wrestling scene there coming to Texas, Florida. And the ultimate dream one day, of course, would be to have a show in Japan like Nippon Budokan Hall or something like that or whatever. But that's uh, ultimately going to be one of our, our dreams is to work our way out to Japan. Absolutely. Just make sure you come out here to California. Come out here to the Bay Area. All right, we'll do the Bay Area. <laughs> you know, I mean, our our the I think the biggest indie promotion out here, APW, they ran the Cow Palace twice. Oh, okay. A couple years ago, so hey, man, maybe you can work towards that. Or there are some yeah. other other nice venues out here that I'm sure that that would be happy because there's such a huge uh, independent wrestling fan base here. So I think you guys would do well here if if Without you were to make your way. Yeah, that's awesome. So with all that being said, what are what are some of your other goals for GSW? 
Well, the like I said, we're I, I consider us a company by the fans for the fans. But at the same time, I also consider us a company by workers for workers. Uh, we are trying to launch something that should be coming out in the next week or two, the GSW Wrestler Relief Fund. We want to start raising money for a fund uh, just I wouldn't call it a charity exactly, but whatever money we're able to raise, whether it's from our shows, whether it's from charity events, fundraisers, whatnot, we want to create a little stockpile of money that just sits there for wrestlers and their families that are in need. We want to do something to, you know, wrestlers that's been a huge talk lately, especially with like Andrew Yang going around talking about, you know, how WWE wrestlers don't get insurance, they're independent contractors that, you know, all that all of that not so good stuff that shines a light on the, the wrestling industry while we're definitely too small to be able to offer a better alternative to it. We want to create an environment for our workers where they have something that they can get out of us until we get to a stage where we can provide, you know, a, a, a great work environment, uh, you know, 401k benefits, the stuff that everybody who wants to work should have, we can't do that right now, but what we can do is try and raise money. So in the event of some incident or tragedy in their lives, we can say, Hey, maybe we raised 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. This will help you out. Whatever it is. Uh, we'd like to do that. We also are offering uh, free acting classes to our wrestlers where they could, you know, talk to a professional actor, uh, acting instructor and get feedback on their character to help them grow and develop. Because even if they don't stay with us, we want them to be as successful as they possibly can. Um, some finance education stuff like, you know, what to look out for and investing in stocks and stuff like that. You know, all kinds of things that we want to make available to people who are kind enough to work with us in our early stages and just show that, you know, we care about them. Wow, dude, that's that that sounds absolutely amazing. I mean, could we possibly see a GSW training school sometime in the in the future? I mean, I'm totally open to it. You know, uh, definitely not right in the beginning, but we we just have to play it by ear. You know, this is it's growing faster than I ever thought it would. Uh, before we've even had our first event, sometimes we just Googled uh, Global Syndicate Wrestling, and we see 411 Mania was posting about us, uh, Pro Wrestling Insiders covering the event, and they talked about our two main events. It's like. I never would have thought that they would be covering us when we haven't even had a show yet. Like that, just the way that it's been growing and you mentioning our, our show on every chance that you get, like it, it's been a phenomenal and humbling experience. So it's just, I, I can't really tell you what, what we're going to do next because we were planning on it, you know, just being this small little thing that grows slowly, but who knows, maybe next year we'll have a TV deal and we'll have a wrestling school. I have no idea. Hey, man, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm glad to help out, man. I want to get the word out. This sounds like a fascinating project. So, I mean, with, with the shows that you're going to be running, will it be just strictly pro wrestling or will we get elements of sports entertainment? Well, uh, I guess one way that we could, uh, we could say it is uh, I'm very much in agreement on, with Cornette on what he says about like, uh, like comedy and wrestling. I agree with Bischoff on how he says that. Uh, a lot of federations are just doing the same old thing and they're not pushing the envelope anymore. Uh, so I could definitely say that there will be a slight entertainment aspect to it, but our primary focus is on quality wrestling storytelling. Um, I, you're not going to see like uh 
dive bombs over somebody tossing a grenade in the middle of the ring comedy. Like that's not our thing. While it's really funny, it's just, you know, our passion lies somewhere else and we want to focus on telling, you know, stories through physicality. So entertainment is definitely going to be a part of it. It's what our industry is, but we do want to showcase the best wrestling in the world. Absolutely, man. And what I meant by sports entertainment, like not just comedy, like over the top characters, but that are believable. You know what I mean? Kind of mm-hmm. kind of like this is going to summer the Undertaker. I mean, the guy's a zombie for mm-hmm. 30 years, but you believed it. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. You know, stuff like stuff like that. Without a doubt. Yep. Absolutely, man. Now let's get to the rapid fire portion of the interview. You already said I'm it. ready. Favorite wrestler of all time. Shawn Michaels. Absolutely. I love it. Have you have you have you met him? No, sadly, I missed it. He came to New Jersey once for his book signing and I, whatever it was, I think I was working in retail at the time and I had to do a double that day and I couldn't go. I was miserable. I met him one time. It's the only time I've ever been starstruck. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I can this, imagine. It's like this is the Michael Jordan of the game and I, 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 I don't know what to say. Yeah. It, it, it was it was absolutely it's awkward. It's so awkward. Jesus. <laughs> uh, favorite tag team of all time. 3D, 3D. Wow. 3D. Yeah. Well, you, you and your you and your homeboy gonna do the get the table spot at a show? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. But I'll tell you what, man. I was going back and I was rewatching like the 2000 to 2002, like just tag team game from WWFE when it transitioned, and just the classics that they used to have with the Hardys, uh, Edge and Christian, all that stuff. It's just those are some of the best tag team matches uh, that were like real career long tag teams you know from it otherwise when you watch any of like the old all japan tag teams but they were singles wrestlers doing tag team matches so i for me i wouldn't consider like a misawa toy or misawa kobashi or something i wouldn't really consider them a huge tag team because it was just you know one-offs and random absolutely man uh favorite gimmick of all time you a doink guy you a repo man max moon like me Uh, i'm a i'm a razor guy a razor guy. Okay. I, I, I love, I love the bad guy, Chico. Hmm. I would have to say, I really don't want to sound cliche and say stone cold, but I guess either stone cold or macho man. Hey, hey. Oh yeah. Macho brother. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude. Love it. Love it. Snap into a slim gym. Yeah. Uh, favorite match of all time. Hmm. Okay. Uh, favorite match of all time was Akiyama and Kobashi, the 2004 five-star classic, because that was the first Japanese wrestling match I ever saw. Uh, a friend of mine told me, dude, check this out. I just saw it. And then I just went down a rabbit hole of watching 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, Puro. Uh, that started the, <laughs> the descent into my mad, you know, crazy fan obsession of wrestling. Absolutely. My Kenta Kobashi, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, he retired what twenty thirteen, and his body his body was already like extremely broken down and beaten. I'm Ooh. like, oh my god. Yeah, but I, I did see him at Starcast last year. I'm like, yo, that's the the Japanese <laughs> goat right there. Yeah, he had the G, he had the GHC title with him. I'm like, yo, this is cool. Oh, he did. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I love that belt. The GHC belt is gorgeous. C- com- uh, criminally underrated. I know the it IWGP is. gets a lot of shine, which it should. Right, but it, it's it, it's criminally underrated, hands down. And I already know the answer to this, but Brett or Sean, <laughs> Sean all day, every day. Sorry, oh, man. man. <laughs> hey, absolutely. You know, uh, Brett screwed Brett. We all know this. He tapped out. Yep. Look, we, you know, you got a boss. Your boss tells you to do something. You got to do it. You know, 
I, I understand the politics behind it. I understand everything. But at the end of the day, business is business, you know? Absolutely, dude. I mean, you know, WrestleMania 14, I always say that's the real screw job. <laughs> For me, uh, I was actually, if you asked me favorite U.S. match, I was going to say Sean and Austin at 14. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, it's it, 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 I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever like really watched it back. I mean, I think I've maybe only seen it once. Mm -hmm. I got I got to start watching more Sean stuff from the 90s. I usually watch like the, the two, the 2000s, 2010 oh, yeah. stuff because that's you know, that's what I grew up in. Right. Absolutely. Same here. For me, it was he, uh, you know, he wrestled with a broken back, obviously, you know, everybody knows. But for me, it was just like watching the fact that he could perform during that. When I uh, when I broke my shoulder, when I was wrestling, we didn't finish the match yet. Um, and we were filming for like a little movie. It wasn't uh, a live wrestling match. And I remember like the first thing I thought about when the guy's like, oh, we still got a couple more moves to do. I'm just like, all right, what would Sean do? And I just got back up and started dropping myself on my head instead. <laughs> I'm like, this is what we got to do. Sean would do it. I got to do it. Absolutely, man. I love it. I love it. That, that showstopper in you. 100%, mm -hmm. man. Well, uh, hey, man, thank you so much for doing this. Tell people where they can find GSW. So we're on Twitter at GSW underscore pro. We are on Instagram at GSW pro. No underscore on that one. Facebook, Global Syndicate Wrestling, YouTube, Global Syndicate Wrestling. Uh, we will be launching our website probably the beginning of next week, which is www.gswpro.com. And hopefully at the end of December, you will see our Fight TV ticket sales up for the live stream. Absolutely, man. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on, dude. This this has been really fun. You know, I can't wait to people to see this interview and get the word out about uh, GS Dub. Great. Thank you so much, Philip. Take care. No problem, dude. Hey, if I'm ever out, I'll, I'll try to make it out to New Jersey and go to a show, you know. I'll throw, sure. me, throw me on commentary, whatever you want to do, man. I'm, I'm there. All right. Let's do it. We still <laughs> need commentary, so that's been what we're looking for, so we'll see. All right. Thanks, brother. Cool. Take care, man.